Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. God's Word is the seed. And I tell you, get that seed in your life. Glory to God. I'm getting ready to plant a garden next year. You know, I had Buckley's out to my place and surveyed the land. and, And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, I'm looking forward to... The spring gets closer. I'm going to look forward to going into the seed store, just checking out the seed. And you know what? The Bible is like a seed store. You can look in it and you can say, whoa, can you look at it? I want to plant some of this. I want to plant a little of that. You get that stuff in your heart, and I'll tell you what, it's the incorruptible seed. And it'll grow and it'll develop in your life. Glory to God. It's, it, there's nothing better than just seeing the Word take root, seeing the Word grow in you and, and change you. You know, He changes you from, the Bible says in one place, He changes us from glory to glory to glory. Hallelujah. I like it. Ah, yes. All right, well, we're going to talk again this morning a little about angels. And, you know, I think it's a good thing to, you know, to just go over and, and just kind of be, be reminded of as a, as a body did you know that, that all through the Bible you see the workings of angels in people's lives? Did you know that? And do you know that angels are mentioned more than any place in the book of Revelation? Which tells me that as the day gets closer, there's going to be increased angelic activity on the earth. And I believe that as Christians, we need to have our eyes open. We need to be aware, you know, of of what God's doing. We need to be aware of the provision that He has for us. And we need to flow with Him. Do you think that sounds good? You know, angels are not, you know, some little cutie little, cute little doll that you hang on your Christmas tree. Although I do have those little things that I put on my Christmas tree. They're some of my favorites. There's one that looks like one of my girls when she was a baby. And and, and I love it. It's tradition. But, you know, that isn't really what angels are about. Angels are not people that have died and they're waiting to, you know, get to heaven and get their wings. Okay? That's not angels. As far as I know, there's no angel named Clarence or Dudley. Okay? But there might, I don't know, I just, as far as I know. Okay? But, you know, I thought Clarence was pretty cool. But, um, you know, angels are not people that have died and are waiting to get into heaven. Okay? You know, angels are a created being. You know, they're, they're something that God created, okay? And they're there right now. They're, their purpose, we're going to talk about their purpose. We're going to talk this morning about some ranks of angels. We're going to talk, if we get far enough, we're going to talk about what angels don't do. And then what I want to get into is what angels do. And then, I, I'm sure we won't get this far today, uh, but I, what I do want to get into, how we can cooperate with angelic activity in our life. Probably next week. And by all means, next week, you know, we got the fall harvest thing. I know this will go down as part of my sermon. But if you're listening out there on the internet, we got this fall harvest thing we do every year at the church. It's wild. It's a good, good party. It's all day long. And uh, you know what? We have it every year, rain, shine, snow, heat, whatever, you know. So if it's, you know, whatever the weather is, don't be wondering, are they going to have it today? Yeah, we do it every year. We do it no matter what. And we've had every kind of weather, I can tell you. God's grace is there, and, and I'll tell you, we have a good time. 
So, you know, if, 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 you, if you miss church, come. You know, if you're not going to come, don't miss church. And, and, and if you're wondering if we're having it, yeah, we're having it. You know, there'll be fun. There'll be horses and, and, and stuff. It's out at Peter and Marsh's, uh, four miles south of town, and there is a map out there. Anyway, how's that? If you didn't have a video, that was enough. I, I just, you know, we would, there's so much momentum that goes into that event that we just, we don't stop it for nothing. All right, in Hebrews 13, let's just turn to that. Hebrews chapter 13. Sometimes it's good to just look at what the Bible says. It says, let brotherly love, in verse 1, let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Angels, you know, I mean, according to this verse, man, you could be, be going along in life and, and receive help from somebody, and, and you know, you might, it might look like a human being, but it could be an angel working on God's behalf. What about you? Hey, no. <laughs> no. I, I've had experiences like that in my life where, where I've had people come and, and, and help me. And frankly, I don't know where they came from. And, and uh, I'm just glad they came. And I, I don't know where they went when we were done. You know, uh, Annette Capps. If you're looking for a good book on angels, I, I think Charles Capps is a fine book. It's pro- appropriately titled Angels. And... Uh, he, if you get one of the later editions, his daughter, Annette, adds a section in it, and it, she has some really good things to say about angels. Back in the 70s, I think it was, they'd, they'd travel around, and they, they taught some seminars on angels. And I know Charles, when, when he began it, he, he, God told him to do that. He said, uh, but God, I don't know anything about angels. And the Lord told Charles, he says, well, that's the problem with the body of Christ. Nobody knows anything about it. That's why I want you to go teach on it. And, and uh, I know Annette tells a story of, of an angel that, that helped her. She was coming back from a meeting one time. And, and, you know, you ever been gone from home and you just want to get home? You know, I mean, it's fun to go places, but, but when you've been gone for any length of time, I tell you, home looks really good. And she was, she was at this meeting, and, and, and I think she, she flew into Oklahoma City, and, and they, they live in Arkansas, you know, and... and um, she flew in and the weather had been bad. You know, had anybody lived in the south? I mean, in the south, I mean, if it snows an inch, they shut everything down. I remember living in Oklahoma and, and uh, there was two inches of snow out there and, and everything totally just froze. You know, they had a newsman on every corner. Seventh Sheridan, I got to give the report. It's, there's nothing happening here, you know, and in every other section of town, you know, it was just, they just closed everything down because nobody knows how to drive on the stuff and they don't have the equipment to deal with it. So Annette, she, she flies into to Oklahoma, and, and, and everything was shut down. And, 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 man, she wanted to get home. And she said that she's sitting there just trying to, you know, contemplate what she should do. And this man in a, in a, in a long coat comes up to her and says, listen, uh, get outside. Get in. There's a taxi, and there's a bus station down the way. There's a bus going to where you need to go. And, and so she said, 
really? She's kind of taken back, but she thought she went outside, and there was some taxi, and she got in the taxi and went to the, uh, the bus station, and she says it was a really rough road. It was hard to get by, it was, and people were crawling, you know? People were, anybody that was out there was being adventurous, but she got to the bus station, and, 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 and she got there, and, and there's this guy in the overcoat again, same guy. Goes up to her and says, go up to that window and get a, get, there, there, there's a bus going for whatever town she was going. Where does she live in? Uh, England, Arkansas, I think. And, and so she, he goes, she goes up to the window and, and the person at the counter says, ma'am, there's no buses going anywhere tonight. This place is shut down. And Annette says, really? But this guy out there told me there was a bus going. She goes, I don't care what anybody told you. There's nothing going anywhere. And Annette says, well, we'd at least check. I like that. I like when people have a little perseverance. You know, I like it when just because a door shuts, they don't just say, well, I guess that's it. I guess that wasn't the will of God. I guess I was wrong. No, I like it when people get like a bulldog and they say, hey, I'm coming through, man. I'm coming through. You know, that's how you got to be with the Word of God. If you want the Word to work in your life, you've got to embrace it like a bulldog grabs onto a bone. And I'm telling you what, when adversity comes and it doesn't look like it's going to work, and can, have you been there? I'm telling you something. If you've ever acted on the word, there'll come a time where it doesn't look like it's going to work. That, that's, you're not weird. You're not strange. What you're going through is not any different because we all have that. But what you need to do in those situations you need to do is say, no, I'm not going to settle. I'm going through, I'm pushing forward, and I'm going to have what God intends me to have. So she said to this woman very nicely, she said, would you please just check again? So the lady kind of reluctantly looks again, and, and, and she checks, and, and lo and behold, there was a bus going where she needed to go. She, and the lady you know, was almost disgusted. I'll tell you what, you, you act like that sometimes, you'll disgust people, you know? But don't let it stop you. Persevere. Push through. So she, she went and, and she got a ticket. She got on that bus. And, and just as she got on the bus, she looked out the window and there was this guy in the overcoat waving. Anyway, she, you ever ridden on a bus before? I haven't a whole lot, but I have done it. And, and what they do is they make stops. And being a dad driving a car, I understand why they make stops. I'm the worst culprit, okay? <laughs> I, if I can go... You know, whatever, 100 miles, I'm good. But, but anyway, um, so anyway, they made a stop, and, and they got out, and they got back on the bus, and just as she's getting ready to go, she looks out the window, and there was that guy again waving at her. Well, she made it all the way home. She never saw that guy again. But who was it? Well, I would suggest that that very well could have been entertaining an angel unaware. So, you know, in the book of Hebrews here, the writer says to the church there, they, he says, he says, be remindful of it. Be reminded of this. Be mindful of it. He said, said, be kind to strangers. That's a nice thing. It seems like we should have a sign up saying that. Be kind to strangers or something. But, but it says, be kind to strangers. And, and, and he says, because some people have been kind to strangers and they've been entertaining angels and they didn't even know it. Could it happen? It could happen. It could happen. Um, I'm going to move on. Because if I don't, we'll never get anywhere. How long have angels been around in Job 38? Uh, Job was having this conversation with God, you know, and, and, you know, you read through the book of Job, and, and you'll find some things in the book of Job that, that are just out there because it isn't, it's, it's, it's a, Job is a recording 
of a period of time in Job's life. Some theologians say it could be as little as two weeks. Some say maybe a couple months that took place where Job was dealing with this we call the sufferings of Job. The truth about Job is, is that Job was not poor old Job. Okay? Do you ever think of poor old Job? Do you ever think of him and think that's how he was? Job was not poor old Job. The truth about Job is Job was one of the wealthiest men in the earth. And, and uh, if, you know, he would have been a name that everybody would have recognized in his day. Now, he, he had some calamity happen in his life. But I'm telling you this, some friends came by and talked to him. And everything is recorded in Job, okay? Some friends came by and said some things that weren't exactly true. But in the end of it all, Job and God had a conversation, and God, how many know that when God has a conversation with you, he'll set the record straight? And in this conversation that Job is having with God, God kind of leveled Job at first. He said, where were you when the world was framed? Can you tell me? And he asked him a bunch of questions. And Job's sitting there. How many know it's just better to be honest with God? You know, if you don't know the answer, just say, and, and, and God goes on to tell Job some things. And he, uh, the, the verse I was going to read here is Job 38. Um, I'll just cut right down to it. It says in verse 6, he says, Where are the foundations of, uh, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? He's talking to Job about creation. He says, you know, where, what, how did this all, all this stuff happen? He says, when the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. And all I wanted to say is this. When the worlds were framed, it's, it's, it seems evident that angels were there. How old are angels? Well, they're not infinite beings, but they're older than the earth. Okay? They've been around a long time. And, and um, how many angels are there? We read one scripture last week that says there's an innumerable company of angels. Uh, the Greek word for angel and the Hebrew word for angel. One is Malak, the other is Angelos. Uh, they both mean messenger. Angels are messengers from God. They're constantly on assignment from God. There seems, it seems as if in the angelic uh, population, it seems as if there are some different kinds of angels. Okay? There's a ranking system. You know, anything the devil does, he's not a creative being, he's an imitator. And, and anything he does, he's imitating something he saw that God did. And you can see in, in reading the, the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, that in the demonic realm, there is a ranking of darkness powers. You know, there's principalities, there's there's spiritual wickedness in high places. There's, 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 I think, four different rankings of demonic forces. Well, in the angelic side, there's different types of angels. And, and just quickly, I want to just go through a few that are listed in the word here. One, one is a cherubim. A cherubim, it's mentioned very few times in the Bible. I think two or three. But a cherubim uh, is, is, is mentioned in Genesis chapter 3. In verse 22, it says, The Lord God said, Behold, man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent 
him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove man out and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. A cherubim, you know, was placed at the Garden of Eden to keep man from coming in and, and partaking of the tree of life. Why is that? Why did God not want to take a tree of life? I mean, life sounds good, isn't that? Wouldn't that be the right thing to do? Well, what God didn't want is for Adam to take that tree of life in the condition that he was in because he was a fallen being. And if he'd have taken of that tree of life, it would seem that he would have gone on forever in that condition. You know what? Aren't you glad that we've got a new condition? Aren't you glad that as a born-again Christian, a child of God, we don't have the same old condition? God just didn't forgive you of sins. I'm telling you what, He took whatever we were, the old creature that we were, and He destroyed that thing. He did away with it, and we are a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. We've been made righteous. We've been made right in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Cherubims. In, in, in Exodus 25, when they're making the Ark of the Covenant, I'm just going to reference Exodus 25, 17 through 22. When they made the Ark of the Covenant, on the top of it, they put two angels. Do you know what kind of angels they put on top of the Ark? They put cherubim. You see, because cherubim, what they, they were is they were close to the glory of God. And that Ark, in that day, it, it was where the presence of God existed. All right? That's why, you know, they'd go around, they had that ark with them, and they had victory. You know, they lost that ark. They, they didn't have victory. So they'd send out the troops to go find that ark and get it back. And, and you know, one time some, one, of, one of the men came and was, that had that ark, and he touched it wrongfully, and he died on the spot. Have you ever read that story? Was it Uzziah or somebody? He touched the thing and he, he dropped dead. Well, that seems really mean. Well, what's God doing? Dropping people out in the field for trying to save his ark, trying to keep it from getting dirty. But here's the deal. That ark was full of the glory. And if you were not properly attired or properly prepared, you know what? You can't get in the presence of God. I mean, you just couldn't do it. These people were spiritually dead. They had to go through a procedure that was laid out in order to get that close to the presence of God. Thank God we've been made new creatures. Thank God we can walk right into the throne room of God and not be fearing and wondering if we're going to drop dead. You know, the, the priests used to do that. You know, they used to go into that holy place, you know, in the tabernacle, and they tied a rope around them. Did you ever notice that? They tied a rope around them, and they had little bells on their outfit. I don't know what that, what that thing looked like, man. Little bells and ropes around them and stuff. Why'd they put a rope around the guy? Because if they didn't do it just right, in that holy place with the presence and the glory of God, they died. And I would imagine that somebody died one time and they had a hard time getting volunteers to go in and getting them out. So somebody said, I've got it. Let's put a rope on him. That worked, okay? But these cherubim, You'll find the cherubim, they were like garters and protectors. They were like these beings that hung right out in the glory. They hung out in the glory. It was a type of angel. Now, not every angel is a cherubim, but there are cherubim angels. Lucifer was a cherubim before he fell. 
Did you know that Lucifer, you know, Satan himself was an angel of God. And he was, I believe, the highest ranking angel. And the Bible says, again, I'm not going to read all these today. It says it in, in Ezekiel 28, verse 14. Talking about Lucifer, it called him the anointed cherub that covers. And it goes on in, in Ezekiel here to describe Lucifer's condition prior to his fall. Okay? And he was a magnificent being. You know? And he was right next to God. He was a cherubim. He was a high-ranking angel. You know, I think it's important when you think about the devil to know that he is a fallen angel. And as we talk about angels, notice as we go through it that there are limitations with angels. I think sometimes we give Lucifer, we give Satan too much credit and make him too big in our thinking. But the truth is, he's a fallen angel. One of the things about angels is this, they are not omnipresent. Okay? Angels do not have the ability to be everywhere at once. God has that ability. So in saying that, I'm telling you this, Lucifer does not have the ability to be everywhere at once. Okay? In fact, you know, we, we seldom would, as individuals, have to deal with him. We deal with some of his cohorts. But I'm telling you this, if it was Lucifer or any of his cohorts, he is under your feet. They run at the name of Jesus. They run at the mention of the blood that was shed. Okay? They, they cannot handle that kind of stuff. You don't need to be afraid of demons, devils, or Lucifer himself. Certainly don't need to be afraid because, you know, maybe somebody worships the devil or something. I'm not telling you to be stupid, but I'm telling you this. We're going to talk about this as the days go on. You have authority. You do have authority. And your authority, you know, it outranks, you know, everything the devil has. Okay? You need to know you have authority and you need to know how to use it. We're going to talk about that coming up. We're kind of working our way that way. Okay? But I thought it would be good to start with angels. <laughs> okay? So this cherubim. Um, another kind of angel that the Bible mentions is, is called a seraphim. A seraphim, cherubim, seraphim. Let me tell you something. There'll be no test at the end of this message, okay? I'm just giving you this stuff because it's in the Bible and I'm talking about angels. Where do you go to find information about angels if you're not looking at Charles Capp's book? I guess you look at the Bible. Let me tell you another book. If pe I know people have interest in this stuff. I'm going to tell you this. There's wacky stuff out there about angels, okay? Beware. And, and uh, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Beware of any angel that would come and try to give you revelation of the word. Now, angels have been sent by God to give you messages. But if any angel comes to unfold deeper truths of the word, that's a bit scary. Okay? They don't have that assignment in this day. Okay? We have the Holy Ghost. You know, we have the word of God. Angels, um, you know, we could go on and list a few uh, cults that have been started that very way. What was I saying now? So be aware of, of okay, there's wacky books out there. Uh, Charles Capps has, is, is, I think he's a great teacher. Um, most of you are familiar with him. 
He's on the cover of Copeland's Magazine about a month ago. It was fun to see him. I hadn't seen him in years. And there he was. I think he's 80-something. He's on the cover there. He's, he's still farming and he's still preaching. <laughs> but uh, another one is a guy named Terry Law. Uh, he wrote a book called The Truth About Angels. And Terry Law used to travel with a group called Living Sound. And they did missions, excursions into uh, many different countries. And uh, he has a lot of great information. He's a good student of the word. That's another good book. If you're looking for more on, on the topic of angels, those are a couple that, that I would recommend. Seraphim are mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6. And uh, they hang out, you know, around the throne as well. And uh, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face, two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And they, one, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And, and uh, it goes on in the vision that Isaiah had, and he just saw this, this vision of the throne. And, you know, and he saw what he saw is seraphim hanging around the throne, six wings. I mean, they don't make Christmas ornaments with seraphim, you know, with six wings, you know, all that. You know, we're kind of down to the two-wing type that we put on Christmas trees. But anyway, seraphim, you know, are, are a high-ranking angel. And you'll find them mentioned in a, a number of places in the Word. I just gave you the one here in, in, um, in Isaiah. There's some in Revelation as well. Another type of angel, though, that's listed in the Word is, is what we call an archangel. And the word of God is our reference. There's only one that's ever mentioned as being an archangel, and that's Michael. And uh, a couple places he's mentioned, but one of them is Jude 9. It says, Michael the archangel, uh, when contending with the devil, disputing about the body of Moses, durst not bring a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Uh, again, he's, he's referred to in a, a Daniel, but here in Jude, it calls him Michael the archangel. So archangels are, are a type of warrior kind of angels. They, they have a, a, a mission from God. They do, they do battle in the heavenlies, and, and Michael is an archangel. There's other angels. Gabriel is one that's mentioned by name, and he is a messenger angel. He brought the message to, to Mary, you know, about, and, and to, or to Joseph, and he brought, he brought messages throughout the word, and he, he, he comes from God with a message and brings them. Angels come, you know, and, and I've noticed this when I, I read about angels appearing to people. You know, messenger angels coming with, with a, a word from heaven. You know, their appearance probably startles people. I'm sure it would startle me, you know. Um, they always bring the message, fear not, you know. Angels don't come to bring you fear. If you saw some kind of a weird thing and you thought it was an angel and did nothing but bring fear in your life, let me tell you what, use the name of Jesus in that, okay? Uh, I've told a story before of how one April 1st, you know, in the middle of the night, Dana got up out of bed and, and you know, back in the, actually we still have it, I think, in the basement tucked away somewhere, we have this life-size cutout cardboard poster of Michael W. Smith and the girls, you know, you think they're really cute little angels and stuff, but, but they got up one night on April 1st in the middle of the night, and they put it in our bedroom. I don't know how they ever did that. 
And so Dana, you know, gets up in the middle of the night and the moon was shining through the window just, just so that it just kind of put a glow upon Michael there. And she got up and she says, oh! actually, the first thing she thought is, Jesus is here. I thought, man, that's good, Dana. I might have grabbed a gun or something, you know. I don't know. Then one, one, one year, Ted uh, Clark, you guys know him, he was spending the night at our house. It was April 1st as well. And the girls have gotten so much mileage out of Michael Smith over the years. And they, they, they knew that Ted routinely would get up in the morning and take a shower in the guest uh, bathroom. So what they did in the middle of the night is they, they put Michael in the shower and all I know is as I was pouring my coffee that morning, and I heard this, whoo, coming out of the bathroom. It was Ted. It was Ted and Michael, okay? Not Michael the archangel, Michael Smith. But angels do not come to instill fear in your life, okay? I know there's, when you talk about anything in the supernatural, um, you know, there's, there's a couple sides to it. You know, there's the God side, and there's the spooky side. When we're talking about this stuff, we're not talking about the spooky natural, Okay, we're talking about the supernatural. And I'm telling you what, even if it is spooky natural, if you know your authority, you won't be upset. Okay, you'll be like Dana, wake up, say, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. How does she do that stuff? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad she does. Okay, I'm going to talk about some things. There's other kinds of angels. There's, there's a, the personal angel. We'll talk about that some as we go here, too. Um, there's the innumerable company. There's angels here on the earth. There's more angels than there are demons. You know, if you held to the thought that demons are fallen angels, you know, if you held to that, and we may talk some about that, we'll see. But if you did, that's okay. Um, you know, that you'd know this. There's a third and there's two-third angels. So they're out number two to one at least. But we know in reading Hebrews that there's an innumerable company of angels. Let me talk about, for just a moment, about a few things that angels cannot do. This is real quick. Angels can't call God Father. Do you know you can call God your Father? He likes that. He is your Father. Two, angels in this time on earth, right now, angels cannot preach the gospel. All right? There is a season at the end, during the tribulation, where angels, it seems, do have the, the ability to preach the gospel. Right now, in this age, they don't. Example would be Cornelius, who we talked about last week. and He, he was a devout man, and he caught heaven's attention. His heart was calling out for truth. Let me tell you, when your heart calls out for truth, rest assured, God will get you the truth. How many can testify to that? I, I tell you. As a new, newborn Christian, I remember, man, I was so hungry. I was devouring everything out there I could. You know, I was just reading books, you know, voraciously. I need to read more like I did in those early days. But I, I'd stay up late every night, you know, and just read books. And, and uh, some of the books I read weren't that great. But thank God when your, your heart is seeking truth, even as, as a young believer, he'll show you what you need to know. He'll show you, wow, that doesn't register inside. I don't know, that, that seems a little off. Not that the people were bad or whatever, but it just wasn't truth. You know what? Seeking him, he'll keep you on the right track. Um, but anyway, Cornelius' heart was calling out for God, and he sent an angel. He sent an angel to say what? 
go to Joppa and get Peter. He'll come and tell you words by which you can be saved. Why didn't the angel just preach the gospel to Cornelius right there? Wouldn't that have been dynamic? Don't you think he could have filled his house with that? Say, come on over, guys. I got an angel talking today. I mean, wouldn't you come to church if there was an angel going to be preaching today? Well, you know, the angel didn't do that. He said, go get Peter, and he's going to come. Because right now, angels haven't been given that assignment to preach the gospel. Angels can't be redeemed or conformed into the image of God or of Christ. Number four, angels can't indwell men. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. You don't find anywhere in the scripture where angels come and live in people. Okay? They don't indwell men. Now sometimes, and we've read this already this morning, that angels can appear like a man. You know, for an assignment. But I'll give you this. Men cannot appear like an angel. Unless it's a comic book convention. Okay? Um, but sometimes angels can appear like men. But they don't indwell men. Okay? Nobody's been possessed by an angel. Okay? Am I just saying these things so we get a clear page here? Angels cannot be everywhere at once. We've said that. And the other one is this, and we mentioned this last week, but it bears repeating. Angels do not command or receive worship. If some angel appears to you and says, you know, bow down and worship me. I'm the most high angel. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? They, don't, they, they will point the worship to God. Okay? They're not beings that receive worship. Um, what do angels do? We'll go as far as we can with this this morning. Well, one, I know this sounds funny, but they ascend and descend. All right, that's really important, right? John 1, 51, it says, Verily I, I say to you, verily, verily, I say to you, hereafter you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I bring that up to know this, that angels are constantly going between heaven and and earth, earth, and heaven, heaven, and earth. I believe they're, they're, they're fulfilling God assignments. I believe they're bringing messages. I believe they're causing things to come to pass in years in my life that need to happen. There, there's activity that goes on in the unseen realm. Okay? Just because yours and my physical eyes don't see it, doesn't mean there's not action going on. Now, Jacob dreamed a dream in Genesis 28, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and on top of it, it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. So again, he saw that there was activity going between heaven and earth. What is it about earth? What is it about earth that heaven would have traffic coming? You know, it's like, like there's hubs. Air, airlines have hubs of important cities where people travel from one place to the other. You know? Well, apparently, we're a hub. You know why we're a hub? Because we're here. We're here. God loves you. God cares about you. Therefore, there's traffic going from heaven to earth, earth to heaven. What do angels do? Well, they ascend and they descend. What else do they do? Angels attend 
to the righteous dead. All right? I, I, I think I like this. I like to think about this. When a person, when a born-again believer leaves this planet, you know, what do you mean, pastor, they leave this planet? I mean, they die. I love it that God just doesn't leave you alone. There's something a bit kind of scary about death because there's the unknown factor, you know? You know what I'm talking about? But I know this about death. That when a righteous, when a born-again believer does die, God has angels there that take them by the hand. The moment they breathe their last, they take them and they, they take, take them right up to heaven. Oh, you made that up, Pastor, didn't you? Let me read you where I, I can get this from. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus talking here, you know, he, he talks, you know, and he tells us a story you know, I, 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 I firmly believe this is not a parable. I know he said this, there was a certain rich man and a certain beggar named Lazarus. I tell you this, when Jesus told parables, he never gave the people names. What he's telling you here is a story that actually existed. He says there was really a guy, his name was Lazarus. He was a beggar. There was another guy who was a rich man, he didn't name him. Tell you what, God knows your name, and he cares about you. And the thing about these two people that they had in common, they had very little in common except for this, that they both died. And as Jesus unfolds this story, which there's so much in there to see, I, I love this story, but one of the things that I love is that when the, the beggar, Lazarus, died, it says the angels carried him at that time into Abraham's bosom. Angels are there when people die, when righteous people die, to escort them. I love that. They just are right there to take your hand. I know I was watching T.L. Osborne one time on, on Christian TV. You know, I don't watch a whole lot of, of, of stuff like that, but I was flipping the dial one night, and I saw T.L. Osborne. He's hard to miss. You know, he's got this big hair and goatees. I always had that. And... and uh, I love T.L. He's preached the gospel face-to-face -to, -face to, to, to millions of people in his life. And, and I respect him because he's held the word of God true. So I flip in it. I said, it's T.L. Osborne. I stopped it. I happen to have known that in the last year, his wife had died. You know, T.L. and Daisy, you know, were high school sweethearts. You know, I love that. They're just like in their teens and they got married. And they together went off as missionaries. At first, they went off on a missions trip. I, I think it was to India. And they came back just, just downtrodden, just defeated. You know, all the air out of their bubble because they, they felt like they failed. And, and they cried out to God, and God showed them some things. And they rose up with new fire. And they went out and in, their, in Daisy's lifetime, and T.L. is still alive, still doing things for the kingdom. You know, he's mid-80s, late-80s. But uh, they preached, they, they, they would have crowds of people, 500,000 was nothing for them to have at a, at a crusade. A friend of mine, Scott Norling, uh, he was the team director in Madras, India. Scott lives in India. He, he, he spearheaded a crusade one year and he told me they had 500,000 people come out. 
So anyway, I, I respect this man. So I stopped. I said, what is Teal going to say? I know he lost his wife, Daisy. So immediately he began talking about, about his wife and his, her last week on earth. And he says it was just a holy time. It was a holy time. He said, you know, not that many people came over. But he said from time to time she'd just see things. She'd see angels in the room. Not everybody sees them, but Daisy did. And T.L. said, I respected it because I could just sense the presence of God. Well, what she was seeing totally lines up. The angel was probably right there saying, all right, time's close. Coming to take you. Now, if you see an angel today, doesn't mean you're going to heaven today. But that is one of their assignments, is to take people from earth to heaven. You know, just like we said, they ascend and they descend. Sometimes they're bringing up people, but I think they come back with the goods from heaven. All right. Can we talk about this stuff in church? Can I give you one more? I'm sorry I'm going long. It's because we sang an extra song, but it was worth it. <laughs> Angels come to prosper us in our way. This is, this is by no means an exhaustive list this morning. There are just some things that I've seen in the Word and things that, that angels do. Uh, I love this story in, in Genesis 24. And I'm going to just tell you, it's in verse 7 and it's repeated again in verse 40 because Abraham is sending out a servant to go get a wife for his son. Abraham's well stricken in years. That means he's old. He's getting ready to grab the angel by the hand and go off into eternity. But before he goes, he wants his son Isaac to have a wife, and he wants her to have a wife from his homeland. Now, you know, we don't do things quite like that in this day, in this culture, but they did. And it, it, it meant something to him. So he pulled his servant in. He says, hey, I want you to go. And he gave him some specific instruction. And here's the thing he said is that the angel of the Lord will go forth before you to prosper you in your way. Well, what an arrogant guy that Abraham was. How could he say such things? You know how he could? He knew God. You know how he could? He knew God's word. He had an intimate relationship with, with, with his heavenly father. And he said, I know this, that he's going to send his angel forth to prosper you in the way. So the servant goes his way. And you read this. If you get time, read this today. It's a, it's a great story. And he goes there. And just as his master had said, it unfolds before him. So this wonderful girl comes and waters his, you know, gives him water, gives water for his camels and he, he goes off to talk to the, the, the girl's dad, Laban, I think was his name. And, and as, he's, as he's telling the whole story, he says it really plainly in verse, 20, or in verse 40. He said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk, and he's telling what Abraham said to him, he said, he'll send his angel with thee to prosper you in the way. And you shall take a wife for my son of my kindred of my father's house. I like that. One of the things that angels do is they go forth in your life, in my life, to prosper you in your way don't worship angels don't go seeking a vision with an angel seek God follow his plan but know this that he has resources to help you and to assist you that you can go forth confidently like Abraham he says man well he told the servant you know if it doesn't happen this way you're released from it but Abraham said it knowing well and good that God was going to fulfill the heart's desire that he had. Angels go forth to help you. You know, when you're going to get a job, I go forth with confidence, you know. You're going to see your boss, you know. There's a promotion on the line. 
You know, don't go forth with a big head, but go forth with confidence. Confidence is from, from God. Arrogance, you know, that's just believing that you're something. Confidence is believing that God's something and that he's in you, okay? That'll get you somewhere. He's got the resources. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.